how do you convince yourself you can switch careers and go into marketing when your own company won't hire you for a marketing role? Well, you start your own company. But then how do you grow your company when your own girlfriend tells you, hey, you just don't work hard enough to make this a success? You work harder. Then how do you get an interview with Richard Branson when your startup is only four months old, when you are dialing in from a bedroom because your roommate is being too loud? Our guest today is about to tell you. Pivot Me, we are pumped to share the rise of Nathan Chan, the CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine, a publication that is dedicated to bringing you the best from high profile and hard to reach globally successful entrepreneurs. People like Richard Branson, people like Mark Cuban, Damon John, Ariana Huffington, Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, and Gary Vaynerchuk. Just to name a few, Nathan sits down with us today and he lifts the veil on how he started Founder. The many starts and stops. He tells us where he stumbled, just like the rest of us, and how he sabotaged his success, just like the rest of us. Nathan will share how it was feedback in a job interview that kicked off what later became Founder Magazine and the moment he knew he had a real, valuable, and sellable product that could change the entrepreneur world. Let's get into it. Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. Thank you for joining us today, Nathan, on Pivot Me. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So I'm so glad that we got connected. We got connected through a mutual friend and he said, you have to have Nathan Chan on. So I'm so glad that we are doing this and prioritizing this. We made it through our scheduling hurdles, but Nathan, so we just finished reading your bio and it is impressive and all the amazing things that you are doing right now. And we're going to talk about some of those and how, how our audience can engage with some of that. But first I'd love to know where the idea of founder came, and I believe it was initially named something else, but where did this idea of starting um, founder come from? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, April. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, so pretty much founder came from, like I was working in a job that wasn't bringing me uh, the fulfillment that I was looking for in life. I was working in IT support and I love the company, uh, but Unfortunately, I just felt that I could do more. And I started hearing about like from like this is eight, nine years ago. So entrepreneurship wasn't as big as it is now. And I started to hear these stories from people in my network or friends of friends creating these online businesses from scratch. Like, and I was like, how the hell are people doing this? And they're having success with no experience whatsoever. Um, so I started Founder with this kind of 
natural curiosity. Think of me as like an investigative journalist. And so I used, I started this magazine on the side while I was working my day job, just starting to interview people to find out how the hell they were doing it. And, you know, in the first four months, we got an interview with Richard Branson, which was crazy. And mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, I started to uncover these incredible stories and I had this light bulb moment where I was just like, wow, I could do this full time. Like this mm-hmm. could be a business. I could go out, interview some of the most greatest entrepreneurs of our generation or people that you've never even heard of, like, but like are doing these incredible things with business and then just share that through the magazine, share that through the podcast, share mm-hmm. that on this platform, because this is something that people need to know. Like, like you can do it. It's, going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. You're going to have incredible highs. You're going to have incredible lows, but it is very, very possible to create a business on something that you're passionate about and really make a difference in the world. So that's how it all got started. So I started this thing on the side, didn't make much money at the start. And then it just kind of took off and was like, I've got to do this. I've got to share these insights. I've got to share these Mm -hmm. lessons. I've got to share these experiences. And uh, the rest is kind of history. Yeah. I I wonder how often that is the case that we sort of start this business that we wish existed or out of our own curiosity, like I'm going to figure out how this is. And then we appreciate how incredibly valuable it is to the world, to the marketplace. I think that happens more often than than not. So I, I would love for you to tell the story of four months in, you get an interview with Richard Branson. So tell us, tell us that story. Cause he's one of the sort of kind of idealized, like there's the unicorn, get an interview with him. So walk us through how, how you did that. And most importantly, Nathan, like what mindset you had to be in to go, I should have Richard Branson on this. Yeah. So look, the difficult thing when you're building any kind of platform is nobody knows who you are. I remember in the early days, I found out it was really difficult to get anyone to write, write back to me to want to do an interview. So mm-hmm. uh, one thing that I did was I met somebody that had interviewed Richard Branson for their magazine and they laid out how I could do it. So just to keep in mind, like in the early days founder, I would get up really early, like at 6 a.m., I would go into the office of the job that I was working at. I'd find a meeting room. I'd do interviews before I start work, sometimes during my lunch break. And then wow. uh, I would go back home and then I'd work from like 10, a- 10 p.m., 9 p.m. to like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And then I'd get up early and do it all again. So it was just kind of, it was this crazy whirlwind of going in and out and in and out and yeah, along the journey, I was reaching out to people and I met somebody that got an interview with Richard Branson. They laid out kind of this blueprint. So the way that I did it was first and foremost, I got in touch with his publisher, the book publisher that mm-hmm. from Penguin Random House. So one thing that I learned is if you want to interview hard to reach people, if they have a book, which you would know from Brand Builders Group, right? Like yeah. uh, they, they want to get pressed for their book. So mm-hmm. um, I spoke to them and then I got it. They put me in touch with his head of PR and I I never forget. I sent an email. I called on the phone. I think that's really important in today's, like in today's age, not enough people are calling people on the phone. They're hiding Mm -hmm. behind emails. And I, I didn't, I called a couple of times, didn't get a response. So then Mm -hmm. what I did was I never forget. I was uh, at my, at home 
my housemate was making noise and I was like, can you please be quiet? I've got to call Richard Branson's head of PR. And then I go into my room and I was so nervous and I, I, she picked up and she was stumbling and she's like, I've got two minutes. I'm just about to jump onto the tube uh, mm-hmm. in London. And I just pitched and uh, I sent an email uh, after that as a follow-up and I like, yeah, talked to the fact that his first business venture was a magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pitched for like an in-person or video interview. They said he's super busy and he can do a Q&A and, mm-hmm. and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. Yeah, that there's there's a great story, Nathan. Um, there's so many things I want to ask about, but the most obvious thing is, I'm thinking about you have this regular job, and so there's obviously a lot of hustle and grind that has to happen, and, and that's often the case when we're straddling both the day job and the the business venture that we're turning into a day job. But I I remember hearing the story about how you were trying to get into marketing, which is insane now because you've been successful in marketing and all of the the iterations that you've done. But there was a time when you were trying to get into marketing and it wasn't working in your own company, right? Is that is that a true story? Okay. So how do you make that leap of like, oh, I can't even get into marketing in my own company to I'm going to create this this product, this amazing product, I'm going to talk to the best minds in the industry and I'm going to pursue Richard Branson at all costs, even if it means that I'm telling my housemate to hush up or I'm sneaking into conference rooms. Like that's a really big leap. How did you make that leap? First of all, it, it took time. Um, mm-hmm. So I was working in IT support. I made this decision that I wanted to do a career change. Uh, so I studied a master's in marketing. So I mm-hmm. went back to school and I was doing night school And during that time period, because I was at a big company, I thought to myself, I might be able to pivot into marketing um, and get a job in marketing. So once I finished my degree, I started to kind of make friends with the head of marketing at the company and and kind of showcase my interest. And I went for a few different jobs. um, Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I, you know, everyone said, Nathan, you don't have experience. Mm. And I never forget somebody said to me, um, I applied for this agency, a digital marketing agency, and they said I didn't get it. And I asked for feedback and they said, look, it'd be really cool if you had your own kind of project to show your passion for marketing. Yeah. And then I was just like, okay, well, I stumbled onto this platform that allowed me to create this digital magazine and this software and and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go for this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I didn't know that the magazine was like going to be where it is today. I didn't know mm-hmm. that, but I just, I just jumped in. And and please keep in mind, it took six months before the first issue was ready. And I remember, wow. like, there were so many times when I thought, like, I'm going to give up. There were so many times where I was thinking, what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I went through so many different designers. But then at this at this point in time, I'd spent a bit of money. Like I spent a sure. couple of grand on the software. I'd spent at least $500, $600 of, you know, doing the, the magazine and putting it all together, working with designers, working with writers. And I never forget, summer of 2012, I went to the zoo with my now fiance, Emily. And I said to her, like, I'm working on this magazine. Do you think that I work hard enough uh, for it to ever become anything if it is? And she said, no, you don't work that hard on it at all. And I was like, wow. And that was a real turning point for me. So then mm-hmm. I really started to dial it up. And, you know, I was never a high achiever. 
in life, to be honest with you, April. Like mm-hmm. I didn't get good grades at school. I'd never achieved anything at all. I wasn't good at sports or wasn't a school captain. So when I launched the magazine, you know, March 2013, by the time I eventually launched it, while mm-hmm. working on the side, um, while still going for marketing jobs, while even taking it to job interviews, mm-hmm. um, that that first day that we launched and we had five, uh, we made five dollars and fifty cents. We had two subscribers. That's where things also really changed for me because I was just like, "Wow, this is something now." Like somebody yeah. is paying me. I have me. a product now. Yeah, I have a product. But but not only that, like I've got two subscribers that are waiting for the next edition. I've got to get going. Pressure. Yeah, there's pressure. So yeah. what am I doing for the next edition? And then before you know it, it took time and I just kept building that momentum. It wasn't like this big switch. It wasn't like this overnight bang, I'm interviewing all these people. Like it was sure. just slow build up as, you, as I've kind of talked you through it. Mm-hmm. And then over time, just built momentum and it compounded and it was just one step at a time. Um, yeah. And I hope that kind of breaks down some of the the ins and outs of getting there. And, and it, it took a year to build up, to, to go full-time even and all these things. It does. But Nathan, I'm wondering about that moment where Emily kind of gives you the truth tea. Like, what are you thinking when she said that? Because some people would say, many people would use that as evidence to not pursue. I don't work hard enough for something like this to be successful. Like a lot of people would have used that as like, well, I'm out. It's not going to work. It sounds like that was the pivotal moment where you're like, yeah, if I want this to be successful, I have to make, I, I have to work harder. Yeah. 110%. And and also I was working on it for a long time. I was starting to get frustrated that, and I was thinking to myself, this might go nowhere. This might be mm-hmm. just another one of my things, right? Another one of making things where you start and you don't finish. Yeah. This might be one of more of our thing. This is is such an entrepreneur thing, right? Like the shiny new object and like, oh, uh, I just posted the other day that I said, every entrepreneur knows knows their best idea because it was their most recent idea. Mm. Because we have like so many ideas and they're all better than the other and Sometimes that's the case and sometimes it's not. So it sounds to me like this whole concept, this whole idea came from feedback at a job interview that you had, that you should have your own project as evidence to get marketing jobs. Is that, well, hear that right? Well, it started with this idea of, of creating, doing something like it started with this idea of doing work that I really enjoyed. Then it started with this idea of creating this magazine. Then it started Mm -hmm. with this idea of hearing these stories uh, and that's how I became so passionate about the space. And then, you know, fast forward to now, right? Like we interview so many successful founders and we've, we put out so much awesome content to truly help people and change their lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look at the platform that we're looking to launch in the next few months, this uh, founder membership, all access pass with like all of our programs where we're going to be launching one new program every single month after we launch this membership product. And, uh, you know, you look at the lives that have changed. That's the stuff that is yeah. really like really motivates me and gets me so excited. Yeah. Yeah. So who, so I want to, I want to talk about the moment that you knew you had something, but, but since you brought that specifically up, like who is this for? So, you know, you're, you have this big launch coming up in a couple months and we're glad to, to be able to sit down with you before that happens. For the pivoters who are listening right now, how do they know this is something that I need to look at? Like, we're going to put links in the show notes, but 
who is the person that this is really going to help? Yeah. So look, if you're in the early stages of your business, you're getting sales, you've, you've kind of, you know, found your product, found your service, and you're looking for more help. You, you're wondering about Instagram. You're wondering about Facebook ads. You're wondering about building your email list. You're wondering about email marketing. Even if you're wondering about other things like NFTs for business, like we have programs on every single one of these topics taught Mm -hmm. by world-class founders that have actually done it. So what we're trying to do with the founder course platform is all the people, all these successful people that we're interviewing, we're getting them to come back and teach on our platform Mm -hmm. and really go deeper and to break down their experiences into actionable frameworks that can help you step by step. So if you're in the early stages of your business or even if you have a team and you're looking to upskill your team, Uh, We have so many incredible programs. We're trying to build the most comprehensive education platform online that helps you start or grow your business. Yeah, that's powerful. There's definitely a lot of need for that. Sounds like who you're serving is who you were just a couple of years ago too. It's like the tool you really needed just a few years ago. (laughs) Yeah. And look, you know, we've got community, we've got uh, so many different frameworks and and the success stories of all these people that that come from our programs is absolutely incredible. Um, like it, it's it's that's where the real gold is, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that you can you know have someone do one of your programs and enroll in one of your courses, and then their life has changed dramatically because of that. Like it's you've changed the course of of how they're living their life. It's it's insane. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy to think as well, like everything around us is built by someone like mm-hmm. the microphone you're using, the headphones you're using, the webcam that I'm speaking to you on the monitor, the laptop, like entrepreneurs uh, really do shape the world as we know it. And mm-hmm. you know, my mission at founder is to build a platform that helps a lot of people at scale, like tens of millions of people every single week with our content, hundreds of thousands of members in in our membership, that we can shape the future of the world as we know it. Like even it's crazy, like I say to some of my team, like we could shape and and empower the world's next Elon Musk with the work Mm -hmm. that we're doing. Um, And the kind of people that we speak to, like I'm very privileged and we're very privileged to, to speak to these people. We want to bring this to everyone. I think everyone should have access to this kind of information. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea that you might be like raising up the next Elon Musk and they just need a little bit of like a little bit of information here, a little bit of information there, and then they're on fire. Would you like to see the behind-the-scenes footage of the Pivot Me interviews? We have launched April Garcia Pivot Me on YouTube. Take 10 seconds now and go to YouTube and enter April Garcia Pivot Me or enter it directly at youtube.com backslash April Garcia Pivot Me. You can see all the guests interview with Jay Abraham, Sharon Lecter, Cameron Harold, John Lee Dumas. We are releasing new videos every Tuesday. Go ahead and stream with us. Hop on and join us. And please support us by giving that thumbs up and subscribing. It really does matter. And you are going to love these videos. Thanks for joining Pivot Me on YouTube. Nathan, when did you know you had something? Is it is it the second you got the two subscribers? Is it a testimonial for someone? When is it like, when was that pivotal moment where you're like, oh, this is something. Like I have something really special here. I think you got, you have these kind of like, little moments 
and then it builds up. First day we launched two subscribers, uh, interviewing Richard Branson. That was that was just really fun, like, and just to bring that to life. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I never forget in the early days there was this guy I found online and I, I learned about this concept called product market fit. And I remember at the time, you know, we had like at least a few thousand subscribers then. And I remember still not knowing if we had product market fit. And I spoke to this, I found this guy's website. And for whatever reason, he did um, calls for free. His name was Ramley. Mm-hmm. He did calls for free um, just to help founders. Hmm. And I jumped on a call with him and I was like, man, like, I don't know if I have product market fit. And he was like, dude, like if you've got a few thousand subscribers, you've it's working. Got, yeah, it's working. And yeah. uh, I think that was a big like kind of it's clicked moment. Sure. Um, I think also just seeing, you know, each month, you know, building up the magazine, I think that was that was really cool as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think it, it, it kind of just slowly builds. Yeah, uh, there was no like I think I don't believe there was a light bulb moment where it's like mm-hmm. bang. Um, but I think that, that catch up with Ramley was one of them. Yeah. A lot of times it is though. Sometimes there's these moments, but they all kind of string together. It's not necessarily a profound moment, but you're like, that's when I knew something. And a lot of times it's someone else weighing in. It's not necessarily us going, okay, I really have something. It's almost like market feedback or an advisor's feedback or somebody else or a client that has had this radical shift in their life. And that's the moment where you're like, I need to do this. Like, this is really important. The marketplace, the world is waiting for this thing I'm about to put out there. So Nathan, I'm picturing you in this IT role and you, you, I imagine safe, secure job, probably a pretty decent life. When you had this idea of I'm going to do something totally different, were people around you supportive? I mean, family, friends, girlfriend, like, were they on board or were they kind of like, yeah, yeah, what you have is is pretty good. You should just leave well enough alone. Looking back, uh, life was like I was comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. But I think uh, something that was really important to me was I was uncomfortable with the work that I was doing. Like, I think life is too short to not do work you enjoy. Mm-hmm. I do remember my mom making fun of me. We make like my family, I'm close to my family, we make fun of each other. And I mm-hmm. remember she's like, oh, you think you're an entrepreneur? And we just like kind of laughing. And I was like, I'll show you. So um, yeah, look, uh, friends and family didn't really get it. Uh, yeah. Friends, you know, when I launched, friends didn't really understand or really were that supportive. My, my partner was for sure, but yeah, people didn't really understand. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, no one in my family come from a business background. And I think it's one of those things, especially when you're working on it, no one understands. When you launch it, then they understand a little bit. Yep. And when it becomes a full-time thing, then they understand a lot more. And then when you're mm-hmm. doing it for a while, then they understand. But yeah, in, in the in the early days, no, no, I didn't really have much support at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's so important to hear because a lot of people will. So if you're a pivoter right now and you're listening and you're in the corporate space and your job is good enough, it's okay. It pays the bills. And, you know, what I've seen is that compounded with, say you went, you have a four-year degree or six-year degree that also supports that thing. All of those become reasons where you should stay right where you are. Even if you know that you're like, ah, there's something else in me. I could be doing more than this, but 
I went to school for this, but I've been working in this for this many years, but I've, you know, rose the corporate ladder, all of those things and our family are often really good ways that we build a cage around ourselves and we don't even realize we're doing it. So I really want you to hear Nathan's words right now, Pivot, if you're listening, like Nathan was there too. It was good enough and not everybody was like, yeah, Nathan, you should be an entrepreneur. This just makes sense. It sounds like you're first generation entrepreneur. That's a, that's a tough road to cut. Mm. There's a couple of things that I'd love to share with your community, which kind of really helped me. Um, the first thing was, you know, how we talked about these sl- these small steps, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't happen overnight. I made a commitment to myself when I launched the magazine that I'd give this a, a good go, a good crack, as we would say here in Australia, <laughs> a good crack for one year and see what happens. That was the starting mindset. And then obviously I fell in love with the work we're doing. I realized that this this content, everything we're doing, I need to get this into the hands of more people. So that was the first thing. Just give yourself a year. It's it's Mm -hmm. incredible what can happen in a year. The second thing is somebody said to me, if you can give it 30 minutes a day, then you're on to something. And that's what I did. I, I gave it 30 minutes a day and it wasn't just doing research. It was doing things that move the needle. Yeah. You know, writing that article, creating that new logo, uh, you know, reaching out to people for an interview. It was just 30 minutes every single day. If you, you can find 30 minutes in your day of like moving the needle activities. What you'll find is that becomes a habit and that habit will compound. And what you'll find is sometimes that 30 minutes becomes two hours or three hours or even one hour, or 45 minutes. And if you can make that commitment to yourself, giving you a good hard crack for one year, committing 30 minutes every single day to working on your business and actually mm-hmm. moving the needle, not researching, but actually moving the needle, doing things yeah. that make a difference and, and move the business forward, no matter how small it is, even if it's just a small seed, you'll be far better off than where you were yesterday. Yeah, that is such good advice. So go back and listen to that part again. That is invaluable advice. And I love that you called out the research piece because a lot of people are like, oh, I've got this business and they're doing the research. Research does not start businesses. It does not continue business. We're trying to stay safe when we're doing that. We are trying to, a lot of um, a personal pet peeve of mine is this kind of um, trend right now in social media of like hustle and silence and just let them eat their words when you're a massive success. I call BS in that. The hustle and silence is a great way for you to play small because you're afraid of failing and failing publicly. And I think that's it's so important to say, don't just research. Like you've got to do the things that move the needle. And a lot of times those things are visible. That's actually pitching someone. That's calling someone. That's sending out an email. Research is safe, but it doesn't grow businesses. Yeah, I agree. That's so, so good. And I'm uh, I'm so glad that we were able to talk about the, um, the peer group thing. One of the things we talked about on Pivot Me is this concept I have about a design versus default peer group. And your default peer group, which is where most of us live, is the people you work with, the people you live next to, maybe you're related to. Um, if you've got kids, you, your kids play with their kids. There's just sort of the people that are in our lives by default. But frequently, extraordinary lives are not built off of default peer groups. They're built by designed peer groups. And designed peer groups are people that you purposely select to have in, not just cheerleaders, but people that have been successful at the thing you're about to do because they normalize 
success in your future goals. So did you have people like that in your peer group when you were creating this? Uh, it sounds like you, you have them all now, but did you have people that had been successful in similar endeavors that you could kind of watch their success? No, but one thing I did do is I, I reached out to people that did. Mm, okay. So I found people that were using the same software that I was for creating magazines in different industries. Mm, so not competitors. Perfect. Okay. Yep. Or even if people, yeah, there was one person that had an entrepreneurial type magazine. Yeah. Okay. And I put myself out there and I, I did a lot of catch up calls. I built relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so key to wherever you're at on the journey the mm-hmm. peer group, but then also this concept of learning from other people that have done it. Yeah. And that's like a big part of what we're doing at Founder and the ethos, right? Like mm-hmm. we go out totally. and find people that have done it and mm-hmm. we get them to unpack, you know, their experiences, lessons learned, you know, interviews and content, but then also frameworks in our courses and, and programs. And uh, yeah, so it's funny you asked me that because I I've never really talked about it. I didn't really think, yeah, in the early days founder, I reached out to people that were in similar shoes to me or actually a few a few years or year ahead. Um, so I found that incredibly powerful. Yeah. And again, that's the piece that I think a lot of us skip because that piece doesn't feel as safe. Because that's, that's again, that's putting it out, making it visible. Like I'm going after this thing. And, um, you know, if you want to run a marathon, you need to hang out with marathon runners. You just do. If you want to write a best-selling book, you better know some people that um, write a bestseller book, have written one. I was working with a client once and he said, I want to work a 10-hour work week. So not quite Tim Ferriss, but pretty damn close. And I said, great. Who do you know that works a 10-hour work week? And he said, well, no one. And I said, we'll start there because they're going to normalize success in the thing. And you're going to see both framework, how they operate. But if they do nothing else, they just show you what's possible. And I love the idea of what you guys are doing at Founder, because essentially you're you're kind of saying, here, borrow my designed peer group. Here's access to people that maybe you would never have the opportunity to sit down with and say, what was it really like? What was, what was the pivot point? What was the moment where you thought it was all going to light on fire? And when is the moment that you knew you really had something? Most people don't get to have those conversations. So what I see is you're kind of bringing this design peer group concept to people who really need it most. Yeah, no, 110%. Like there is somebody out there in the world, wherever you're at, has a problem. It's been solved before. And uh, it's your job to go out and find those people Yes. To, to connect with them, listen, learn, or find people mm-hmm. that have done it. Yeah. It's funny. There's a phrase we always say on Pivot Me where someone you already know could solve your biggest problem in under a day. Mm. The problem is we're just not thinking about that. We're kind of sitting in the problem instead of the solution. Um, I, I, I love this idea, Nathan. I, I do want to ask you. So before we started, I said, hey, we talk a little bit about self-sabotage. We talk about some hurdles you face. So in any entrepreneur's journey, there's a moment where you're like, this isn't going to work. This I've got to abandon ship. Sometimes it's, I'm not going to make payroll this month. Maybe it's wondering if you have the right fit for your audience. Tell us about a time where you face that either with founder or maybe even a step before this. Yeah. So I've had many. Yeah. Uh, There's not usually one. Yeah. (laughs) I've been thinking about this question a lot. It's such a great one because I think without, without this kind of self-sabotage, without this kind of these, you know, fork in the road moments, Mm-hmm. which at the time they seem so difficult and so painful, 
you end up looking back and you're like, I'm glad that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I think I, I can I can share a couple with you, but probably one would be in the early days. Um, I've I've hired friends uh, to to, we to help have. me do all, all, all to help me do all sorts of things, and mm-hmm. it has worked out right. Sure. Like I, I remember one of my friends I hired uh, in the early days to help me with some social media stuff and. He used it as work experience to go get a job, and uh, you know, I was I just wanted to help him because I yeah. think, um, you know, me as a person, one of my greatest strengths is, I guess, I I, I really believe in people and I want to do mm-hmm. the best for people and I really care about people. So, um, you know, I I gave it a shot, but I think also that can be my greatest weakness because. I, I shouldn't have ever done that. And um, unfortunately, you know, that that it didn't end well and we didn't get a great outcome on the business side and then obviously sure. it affected our friendship and, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good idea. So that yeah. was, yeah, that was probably a good self-sabotage moment. In the early days found up before I could afford to hire anybody. Yeah, yeah. I, we all start there too. So um, what Nathan just shared, if you're listening right now, you're like, oh, so they all do that. We all do that because it's kind of what we can afford. It's what we're comfortable with. Sometimes when we're starting out, we're not comfortable with hiring practices. Um, the second someone sits down and goes, well, I'm going to hire my aunt for bookkeeping or I'm going to hire my cousin for social media. I'm like, no, 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 trust me. This will end bad. Rarely does it end well. It's also almost always one of our first steps because it's what's comfortable and it's what we can afford too. So if you're sitting in there in that situation, know that you are in good company. It's where we all start and we all learn very much from that. Um, so, okay, so that was a hiccup. What about you, Nathan? Like how how do you self-sabotage? Look, for me, I think, as I said, I never accomplished much. Um, uh, like founder is is the thing and, and it is the mm-hmm. thing because I'm so passionate about the work that we're doing and it's an obsession. Um, But at the same time, because I've never accomplished much before, sometimes you do feel imposter syndrome. Sure. And sometimes I think, like, I didn't, I didn't think it would get this far, uh, quite, quite honestly with you. I didn't think it would get this far. Um, You know, I've talked a lot about the early days and, and over time it's compounded. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think um, there has been times and where, you know, I, I haven't, haven't really felt worthy of, of, of how far it's been able to go. And, you know, then I have uh, made decisions which perhaps come from not a place where I'm feeling worthy mm-hmm. of, of how far this business has gone and, yeah, things don't work out. Um, that That's why it's so great nowadays to have really great people around me. I'm still a CEO though. I'm still making the final call. But, sure. um having great advisors around you, having a great executive team, having a great management team, having just a great team around you really helps guide you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think you self-sabotage from my perspective when um, you have that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I commend you for being um, so honest and candid in your answer. That is tough, uh, but vulnerability always precedes connection. And someone just heard that and – took a big deep breath and said, oh my God, that's me. I'm so glad because look what Nathan has done. Look what he has created. Look at this service and this product that he's bringing to the marketplace. And it's something that he's had a battle along the way. I mean, you just gave somebody listening right now a huge gift. Thank you. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to get to kind of our, our final questions. But before I do that, again, we're going to put links in the show notes. But Nathan, we talked about what you're launching in July. We talked about the value. We talked about, you know, a little bit about who is it for. So if someone's going, okay, is this, is this something I need to be a part of? Where's the best place for them to go and check out what you guys are launching in July? Yeah. So um, if you want to check out our founder membership, all access pass, you can go to founder.com forward slash membership. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll be signed up. Uh, you can sign up there to be notified when our All Access Pass goes live. And we're also going to give you free magazine access to all of our past editions. I think it's 105 plus and yeah. also our future editions. So you can get a free magazine subscription uh, if you sign up there. And that is awesome. That is amazing. So so tell us about, so we talked about Richard Branson. Like, Who are some of the people that are going to be featured in this? Give us a little teaser. You're going to learn from people like Ariana Huffington. We just did um, an, an incredible front cover story with Scooter Braun. One of my favorite interviews of all time is with Seth Godin. Mm. Uh, we've interviewed all sorts of like some of the greatest founders of our generation, like even of products. You might know the the product, but you don't know the founder, like yes. for example, Reebok or, for example, mm. Reddit or, for example, there's so many incredible founders that have blessed uh, our platform. It's yeah, there's so many uh, like uh, Jack Dorsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I could go on. You put me on the spot, but so like, many. You know, no, these are all great names. Three, 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 sounds amazing. From LinkedIn, like yeah, so so many incredible founders. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. That is amazing. And to learn at the to learn from these people. I mean, this is incredibly valuable. Um, Pivoters, we've talked a lot about this design peer group. This is sort of a way to access these people in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. My guess is this goes even a little deeper than perhaps a book will or just sort of this one-dimensional interview. Like this really gets to, okay, how were they successful? What did it take? And even just having the conversations like we had today where where did where did we stumble? Because unfortunately for a lot of us, you know, Nathan, as I hear your story, there were quite a few moments where you could have chose plan B, like whether it's when your girlfriend, now fiance said, nah, I don't know that you work hard enough for this, or when you're applying for marketing jobs and they're like, mm, not enough experience. What I heard over and over again is this sort of unwavering faith in either yourself or knowing that there was something more for you like that IT wasn't it for you, that there was something so much more. And I just really want to commend you for like jumping those hurdles and go, okay, I hear your feedback. I hear your criticism. I hear that door shut. And then you just kept looking for a window. Um, I just think there's so many points in your story where people would have used that as an excuse to say, I'm going to go back to my good enough life. Yeah. Thank you, April. Well, look, as I said before, like life is too short to do work you don't enjoy. And that's you know, a big part of what we do at Founder is to really help people start and grow businesses. So yeah. wherever you're at, we, you know, we'd love to help serve you, whether it's signing up to our all access membership, whether it's through any of our content that we put out, we're really just trying to build an incredible platform that help a lot of people at scale. Yeah. I love it. I love it. For anyone who's sitting there at their job that goes, ah, it's pretty good but there's something else. Nathan's got the blueprint for that. One last question for you, Nathan. If you could tell the world one thing, what would it be? I've been thinking about this one. Um, it's, a, it's a big one. I just love to share with people that it's possible. Like 
wherever you're at with your business journey, it's possible to start that business, to to grow that business, to have a successful business. Like the students that we see in our platform, where they come from and the stories that we, we actually have a dedicated podcast where we publish new episodes every single week of students in our community making mm. changes, creating these business, growing these businesses. It's it's incredible. So I'm fortunate to speak to so many successful founders and I can tell you that one, it's possible. We see the stories every single day, but two, these people are no smarter than you. Mm. They've just got that incredible drive and they they just want it bad enough. That is amazing. That is amazing. Um, definitely need to uh, re-listen to this part again as well. They're no smarter than you. They've got the drive. I think a lot of us have something that we know we're capable of, but we either think it's lack of education, maybe, um, maybe it's lack of execution, maybe, but we really do need to hear that message over and over again, that it's possible. You absolutely can do this thing. You can create this thing. There's lots of people who've come before you with less education, less know-how, less network, and they made it work. So learn from them and don't give up on whatever it is that, like that kitty that keeps scratching at the door, don't ignore it. It's not gonna go away. And it might just be why you were put on this planet to begin with. Nathan, thank you so much for your time, your story, your inspiration, um, incredibly valuable. Thank you for talking to us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me, April. It's an absolute blast. I really appreciate your time and having me on your show. Thank you. Life is too short to not do work you love. This concept, though not new, is no less relevant. Our lives are short, but it's up to us if they are well-lived. As you heard that, I hope you asked the honest question to yourself, do I love what I do? I, for one, spent a lot of years liking what I did, being really good at what I did, but also having this like nag inside, this burning feeling that I was meant for more. I'd find myself in meetings staring out the window knowing that I was so much more than the role I was playing. Fast forward today, I freaking love what I do. I love who I do it with. Every business client, every mastermind client, elite, I'm doing the work I was always meant to do. So I second Nathan's statement that you need to love what you do because life is simply too short not to. In this interview today, I was surprised how many times Nathan could have thrown in the towel, looked at the circumstances and thought, ah, there it is. There's that evidence. I'm not supposed to pursue this. This isn't right for me. There is the sign. This concept of the sign, by the way, it's a powerful weapon that sometimes doesn't serve us. It excuses us. Imagine Nathan's situation years ago, his own employer, someone who would have been intimately acquainted with his abilities, with his skills, and they were like, nah, you can't join the marketing team. Many people would have seen this as the reason to stop, to quit. Hell, if my own company won't hire me in marketing, why would anyone else? But Nathan didn't do that. He persevered. When he was told, you don't really work hard enough, he didn't use it as evidence of his impending failure. He used it as a stepping stone. Nathan's story is one of slipping past all these tackles that were coming at him. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't charge into them with middle fingers up and I'll show you attitude. He sees the tackle coming and he just sort of sidesteps it and then takes another step forward. And now he's built founder based off of what he wanted to have back then. He created his designed peer group 
And then he opened it up for the rest of us. Go connect with Nathan at founder.com, F-O-U-N-D-R.com. And thanks for spending time with us today. Time's our one non-renewable resource, and we know how much it means that you spend your time with us. So thank you. We'll see you next Thursday. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.